0: Hello and welcome to Straight From The Line podcast, where I talk food and cooking with industry insiders. I'm your host, Jason Lynch, and in each episode we're going to be speaking with chefs, servers, farmers, and all different forms of industry individuals who make what others eat. Thanks for tuning in. This is our first episode where you'll hear my conversation with Todd Perrin, chef and owner of Mallard Cottage in Kitty Bitty Newfoundland. In addition to being a great chef who pushes the boundaries... Todd's a strong supporter of all things Newfoundland. You may also have seen Todd compete on the Food Network Canada's Top Chef back in 2011. Just want to talk to you about, you know, what's what's kind of going on for you and the food scene in North America. What do you what do you see coming?
1: Oh, geez, what do I see coming? I think. Uh I think what I see coming is kind of what's already here in the sense that I think, you know, we're into uh, the resurgence of, you know, comfort food and comfortable dining and relaxed atmospheres and uh, kind of the idea of the temples of gastronomy uh, are kind of, is I wouldn't say fading, but it's uh, becoming a, a real kind of segmented part of the industry. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's a real democratization of, food in the sense that people are so into food these days there's so much media there's so much resources online and just you know tv and just everything that's going on in food that you know the customer is more informed and more knowledgeable than they ever have been and um, you know i think that it helps to create uh,
0: they feel like they know more you know they feel like they're more in the loop in terms of what's happening in the Mm -hmm. restaurant so Do you feel that actually is negative, though, that the more people think they're informed is actually having a negative impact on what they really know? There's downsides to it, for sure. But, uh,
1: you know, I mean, that just... The downsides come from, you know, people thinking that they know more than you and just the criticism and stuff. But that's always been in the restaurant business, so that's not really new. You know, it's just uh, people just kind of... uh, I think you know just the idea that people are more open to different experiences, and they don't expect necessarily that it has to be, you know, the waiter with the napkin over his arm and a white tablecloth and a da da, 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 da. I mm. think that you know, it just opens up more possibilities for restaurateurs and cooks and chefs and stuff. So, you know, I think I see that kind of as the future, even though it's kind of already here. <laughs> but I think I think that's where that's where I think you'll see food um going it's it's breaking off into all these segments right mm-hmm. so you got the you know the, the san pellegrino top 50s of the world and you got you know the little mom and pa diners and you got you know the funky dude who lives in some remote location and got a 12 seat restaurant and is cooking only stuff that comes from within 50 feet of the restaurant stuff right. like that like there's so many so much variety out there now where it used to be that you know, we all wore tile hats and wore white chef's coats and, you know, yes chef, no chef, and that was it. So it's a it's an exciting time to be in the business now. You can kind of, the world's your oyster.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of finding the same thing too, though. I'm finding a huge shift, though. It seems that everybody that thinks and wants to know where their food comes from but doesn't have a clue, and then they freak out about, you know a lot of misinformation out there and i guess we can you know i mean for you i mean that's a pretty straight up one with what you you know with the seal you know yeah the misinformation that's out there about that industry that you know you guys had to well especially yourself stood up and well the more
1: people i'm a believer in the more people talk about stuff the better it is right so Mm -hmm. it's not those conversations are not always easy so Mm -hmm. it's um you know the, the truth will always come out mm-hmm. so when it comes to something like like the seal industry i mean you know the bottom line is that it is what it is it's a you know it's a sustainable harvest and they're it's done as humanely as possible and if you're against um you know killing animals well then you're going to be against the seal hunt i mean yeah. <laughs> just, you know you can't win everybody over part of the issue we've had with the seal industry is that the people who are promoting the seal industry and trying to make it into you know whatever they're trying to change everybody's mind yeah they're trying to make everybody want it and the issue the, 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 everybody's not going to want it mm-hmm. so you, you can't you just might as well stop trying to get get everybody to come on board right you know so it's it's you know it's a it's a niche it's a bit of a niche uh industry it's a bit of a niche product and that's that's the reality of it so you have to treat it as such i mean we put it on the menu in the springtime when it's available people love it, you know, we've sold tons of it this this season, and and we'll do it again next year. Mm -hmm. But we don't put seal on the menu just to put seal on the menu, you know, we put seal on the menu because we think we can do something good with it, something interesting, people are asking for it, and we do it when it's fresh and available in season, it's no different than any other product for us, so, you know, there is a bit of pushback, I mean, I still get tweets and texts and emails almost every day from someone saying something ridiculous, but, I mean, you know. world is full of ridiculous people right so you just kind of
0: got to let that stuff roll off your back yeah Yeah, it is no doubt about it Um, but I guess the one thing that's you know I'm still not quite understanding is we're you know in the restaurant industry we see this big shift to you know more guys dealing with local product Mm -hmm. Um, I mean it's become a little bit of a selling gimmick I found for a lot of restaurants that are that aren't actually believing it I mean they just throw local anything on the menu and They're not. It's still coming off the back of a truck of a major wholesaler. Um, you know, a lot of misrepresentation. We've 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 seen a lot of it in our area where you know guys are getting caught, but nobody's calling them out on it. No. Like you know, the guys in the industry are they're kind of saying hey, yeah. um, but the media's not. The food writers aren't. They're just letting it go. Yeah. Um, but I guess for me is we seem to still be shrinking. Like the small family firms and you know are still disappearing in North America. Big big farming is still growing yeah. but yet our when we dine out we still you know, we seem to well, the patrons seem to want that. But it's not
1: Well, I mean I think that those of us who are in this segment of the market, like if you're in a restaurant like Mallard Cottage and you're working in that environment, you you te- you can tend to think that, well, this is the way that everybody does it, mm. you know, or this is the way that everybody wants it. You know, we're in our own little bubble and, you know, we do our thing and, you know, thank God, you know, so far we've been fairly successful and people are coming and there's interest in the restaurant. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, commercial food and fast food and, uh, you know, all of that stuff, that's, that's a growing market in North America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not we're not even though local sustainable those buzzwords are you know being used more now than they ever have been and you know there's all these cool web stories and magazine articles about chefs and farmers and small production and stuff like that i mean we seem it seems like there's a lot of that going on because that's the business that we're in so you see a lot of it but mm-hmm. you know in terms of the average joe living in suburbiaville north america most people don't care about that mm. You know so you know if you think about it that way it can be very discouraging and it can be something that you know almost kind of like shake your head and just you know sometimes make you want to throw in the towel but but you know you just have to stick to your guns and you have to do what you do and you know uh, the number of restaurants that are that are really committed to it and stuff it's not going to save every small family farm you know in eastern canada or, or canada or the us it's just that's not going to happen but you know there's always going to be room for for those businesses it's just you know maybe that is the future you know these strong partnerships between local small regional restaurants and small farmers that may be the only way that they survive you know because certainly large wholesale is you know not interested in dealing with some guy who's growing, you know, 5,000 pounds of carrots. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, that's not, that's not their business model, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, um, you know, there's lots of challenges out there. And, you know, like I said, just, <clears throat> you like to think sometimes that, you know, everybody thinks like you do, but, uh, you know, we still live in a fast food culture and, and we still live in, you know everything's getting bigger you know in, in this part of the world the fishery you know is you know they love to use the word rationalization well rationalization means that fewer people are doing it and the companies that are involved get bigger right right so it's uh, you know it gets more difficult to get access to local small seafood so you know it's it's part of it's part of the industry that you just have to wade through now and mm-hmm. you know just keep i'm a big believer in just kind of doing what you do and and hopefully the results take care of themselves so we hope to be at least a small part of keeping some of those that availability of some product alive anyways we'll do our what well, we can to
0: support mm-hmm. those people who are doing that kind of food you know does um on the the food side and supply side of it is there is there stuff you worry about being being you know restaurant owner that's kind of you know, with your style, I mean, dependent on that type of product. Well, I wouldn't say we worry about it. I
1: mean, there's always challenges. You know, we opened up in November, so you know, uh, I mean, at this point for us, you know, coming into the spring before, uh, before you know, we get into our season, uh, you know, we're getting pretty skinned on what we, what we have available right. locally, but we kind of roll with the punches, and we, you know, I look, we look at it as a. opportunity to be more creative so you know some days that uh, some days that really works and some days it it doesn't so it's a learning process for us still Um, you know in terms of what we what we try to to bring to the plate with limited local resources but um, worried is not the word I would use but it's definitely something that occupies a fair bit of my thoughts every day when I get the restaurant in the morning But that's what we signed on for. I mean, that was the style that we wanted to do. That's what we decided to to challenge. So that's, that that it is what it is, you know. Mm. Uh, And I I think that, you know, we're really starting to work on being our own provider for a lot of our product. You know, we have some gardens and we're looking at expanding some of our agriculture that we do ourselves and stuff. So I don't know how far that will go yet, but... Mm -hmm. um, that's exciting little kind of sideline for us to, to start working on some of that stuff so we'll see how it goes but you know it's um part you know if it's a fun part of the job to try and go and find you know people who are doing something interesting and trying to source that product is is difficult can be mm-hmm. difficult but you know get you out of the kitchen get you kind of on the road a little bit get you meeting new people and stuff so that's
0: kind of uh you know it's interesting it's an interesting part of the gig these days and what's uh, what's your what's your favorite thing, about the industry? Having been in it for you know, a few years now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the the camaraderie of it always is like you know I think everybody who who's worked in a restaurant, uh, kind of would say the same thing. Like it's when they work well, they're a lot of fun. Everybody's had jobs in restaurants that they hated because you know. Uh, we had, you know maybe the chef was a tyrant or some server was an asshole or whatever you know like it's there's always been everybody has their nightmare stories from jobs because when it's when it goes bad it can be really bad but yeah. but um when they work and when you have the right environment and stuff like that i mean it's it's a great camaraderie i always i've always been saying for years it's like being in the army with someone right it's like you know guys who are who are you know in the military and they you know they go to uh they go to some foreign country and are involved in, you know, some theater of operations. They have that camaraderie, you know, that band of brothers kind of thing. And I think that restaurants are, you know, obviously traditional restaurants are set up in a very militaristic way in terms of the brigade and stuff like that, but I think it's just the element of, you know, being in the weeds together, going through something that's really hard together, you know, work, sweating and all that stuff is like something that is a connection that people have who work in the industry that not many, not many industries have the same thing. So that's always been my favorite thing about it. It's just the, the camaraderie and the people that you meet and and stuff like that. So it's, uh, that's cool. And I mean, you know, for this time around for us, it's, we've been, we're so fortunate that we got to do what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, lots of people in the industry work towards their dream restaurant and you know, they have all these plans that they want to do. And you know, I've been around long enough and I know enough guys to know that almost nobody ever gets to do it. You know, nobody, true, nobody, re- know. nobody really gets to do what they want because they don't have the money or they don't have the partner or they don't have the time or they're just too busy trying to make a living or whatever. And just the circumstances in in mine and my family's life over the last few years just allowed an opportunity for for me to uh, to create and build my dream restaurant, and I got to do it, and it's exactly like I wanted it to be. So it's <laughs> you know I don't count my chickens. I realize how fortunate I am, and uh, so you know it's a, I just every morning when I walk in and have a coffee in that place that we built, it's just. Uh,
0: it's awesome so it's you know it's it's i'm extremely lucky you are you're one of very few to get to realize that
1: yeah yeah and i you know and i know that so it's uh, that's a, that's a good thing for me it kind of you know it, it's a good motivator for me to try and keep the thing you know moving in the right direction is because i wouldn't want to let down myself and my family and my partner but also I don't wanna let down all the other guys that are out there that are trying to, to get the chance to build their dream, you yeah. know, and so it's kinda of like, if you go and you go as far as we have gone and worked as hard as we have worked and kinda, of once you get it open to let it, for whatever reason, to let it slide or to let it not be successful, then, you know, that would be the real travesty. So that's why we,
0: you know, we keep trying to improve every day. Nice. So what's the what's the one thing that still drags you down about the industry that, wanna uh, something that you know you've got your dream restaurant. I mean it's pretty much it's not all roses every day, but no.
1: You know, I mean you know
0: it's a business, right? So you know it's,
1: there's there's personality issues. There's there's you know issues with suppliers. There's the day
0: to day you know dealing with. Is there something about the the industry as a whole though that's that's been happening? Um, that you, you don't like the direction it's going?
1: No, I mean, I I wouldn't say, you know, really, to be honest with you. I mean, my frustrations in the industry are all small. They're all, like, little, small, individual issues that you have in the restaurants. Right. You know, like, I think the big picture, you know, I like the direction that we're going in. I like the direction that the industry, especially in St. John's, is going in. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a bright future. So, I, you know, I, I don't see any major... Um, there's nothing really there that frustrates me too, too much. I mean, you know, I guess that, you know, on the same side of this social media stuff that we touched on earlier, is like there is some frustrations there sometimes and just the, the amount of um, some kind of foolishness sometimes you have to deal with there. But, I mean, you know, it hasn't been, you know, it is what it is, so you take the the good with the bad and, and stuff. But, no, I mean, it's, uh, there's always things, the worst things are always those little niggly frustrations you mm-hmm. know like that those things are sometimes they're the hardest things to correct you know yeah. so it's um, if I could just do it and not have to worry about money then it would be fantastic but uh, you know the business side of it and all of the stuff that you have to do that's the thing about it, is like you know a lot of a lot of cooks are were driven by you know what you do and your, your you know your I hate to use the word but your passion or your whatever, you're, just, you're into it, that's what you do I mean and money is you know, becomes a necessarily, a necessary motivating factor because you need money right, you need money to live, you need money to keep your restaurant open, you need all that kind of stuff but it's kind of like I, for me, it's not something that I ever think about until someone in my restaurant you know, my partner or my wife or someone sits down and says, uh, alright you know, we got to look at the numbers here or whatever. Like, I never think about it for two seconds. The money is never motivates me. is never something I consider. I just try to do, you know, I'm aware of it in terms of when we build menus and stuff like that, but it doesn't drive in anything. decisions are? Never. Never. Mm-hmm. I never think about it. Usually, the decisions that we make around menu and staffing and just all the money things in the restaurant are things that we make... You know, for me, I make the decision, and then the money part of it, I let somebody else figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's your what's your kind of go-to thing right now? What's your what's your what's your food thing that you're you're playing with the most right now?
1: Uh, you were
0: saying the other day about you're really into the mustards right now. Is there something else that? Yeah, I mean, you know, condiments
1: and pickles and mustards and jarring and canning and all that stuff. You know, we're kind of. Fooling around with all that stuff, and you no, know, I mean I think we're we're really a whatever. Like I say it sometimes, and my go- the guys at the restaurant, I think, I think it's starting to frustrate them a little bit. I kind of I like to say, you know, we fly by the seat of our pants. Like we don't have a lot of standardized recipes at the restaurant. We don't have a lot of uh, you know necessarily tried and true methods. Like we basically we mm-hmm. I, anything I, I, once. Kind of make mentality. it up. I make, well, I make it up as I go along, right, mm-hmm. and and. Some of them are home runs and some some of them aren't. Uh, you know, having said that, you know a lot of you know um, there are things that we do that are obviously technical and you know measured and weighed and done appropriately and stuff like that. But you know, a couple of the guys that work uh, that work with me, they tend to do those things. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't uh, I don't do so well with uh, following recipes down to uh, the gram. So it's just the way i like to cook and it's just the way i think it fits the restaurant and it fits our style and you know we believe that anything can anything can work mm-hmm. and uh, you know if you if you you know the palate your palate's everything right so if you just make something that tastes good then you know kind of how you got there what you did with
0: it is not all that important not to me anyway so so you don't have one product that you've been playing with for a while that you just can't seem to get pushed out onto the menu that you're um you you know is going to get there but it's just i wouldn't say
1: we don't have anything like that i mean i guess the biggest one for us is we're always fooling around with, with pigs right yeah. so like a lot of guys so you know we're, we're we're planning on we're going to be opening for brunch now kind of through the week um in another week or so and so now we're basically you know one whole pig one to one and a half whole pigs a week basically it's just getting processed for brunch for, for breakfast meat for sausages for bacon for lanza for or whatever so you know kind of exploring everything that you can do with pigs is something that is always on our radar mm-hmm. and you know awful and you know kidneys and livers and hearts and lungs and stuff like we're, we're always toying around with with that kind of stuff you know we had a we had a pork lung stew on the menu a few weeks ago and i never would have thought that we could have sold pork lungs, but we did and um yeah i mean so that would be a happy day for me yeah i mean so it was a them. yeah we you, you know. know i wouldn't say we did it as a lark but uh i had them when one of my my pig guy dropped them off to me he said you know what would you do with them so i said well i don't know but we'll figure something out so we uh we went to get her uh, a stew and and we sold them you know we had to put it on at brunch one morning you know i sold probably 12 or 15 bowls of it so you know it's just we'd like people to think that even though some of the things that they'll see on the menu maybe not things that they've seen before or tasted before or tried before but you know our promise to everybody is that we've made it the best that we can right so you know we're not gonna make you put something in your mouth that wasn't done with care now mm-hmm. whether or not it's something that you like that's another story that's, well that's taste right so yeah. I mean that's what do you do about that so, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, what we're trying to do is always just something that we like, something that's fun and interesting and whatever. So, you know, and it really boils down to whatever comes in the back door. So if I get three pigs this week and, you know, and a cow and a couple of lambs, well, then, okay, we figure that out. Next week maybe it's a goat and, uh, you know, four turkeys and, you know, 50 pounds of crab or whatever. Like, it just – it really – we don't even start thinking about the menu till I see what we got right.
0: coming in the door. Nice, so. nice. Well, thanks for taking the time. Pleasure, appreciate it. That's all for episode one of Straight from the Line podcast. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast for future episodes and follow me on Twitter at Chef Jason Lynch. All episodes from Straight From The Line podcast are available on my website, chefjasonlynch.com, where you can also find information about my restaurants and cookbook. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Twitter or review it on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.